0: that you would protect them from the evil one and the work Mm -hmm. that they do. You would provide for them uh, in every way that they need, Lord, that your will would be done there in their churches and in their homes and Mm -hmm. uh, that you would show up big time. We ask that you would, uh, you would be glorified and those would be churches where forgiveness is given freely. Just as it's been received, it would be given God. And we ask that there would be a light uh, in dark places. And so uh, even as we, uh, even as we pray, we know that uh, bad things are happening in that community Mm -hmm. and God, may those uh, members there uh, be deployed out uh, to love and care and to draw people into the light whose name is Jesus. And so uh, thank you for the work that Alejandro will do among us this morning. May, uh, may he speak on your behalf. Uh, may you give us discernment. The words that are just his, may they fall off, but the words that are yours, may they fall on us, Lord. And so we love you, and uh, we expect great things from you this morning uh, through your word, and we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, me. brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. Uh, may the joy of the Lord will be with you today. I have prayed that my speaking in tongues will be well interpreted. <laughs> As you can see, I have this accent because I'm from the south. Uh, for the south in Venezuela, even Florida is too cold for us. But we came here in 2016 because uh, the church you planted, Restoration Church in 2010, they called us to come here to plant a Spanish speaking church in the middle of the nation capital in a community called Columbia Heights. So it's it's an honor in this journey to lead the now um, flourishing church. We are 61 members now, in attendance about 100 every Sunday four deacons, two elders, one in training, and sharing the gospel every week, every day with unbelievers and encouraging the new believers, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. And we've been there now five years. And by, the God, by God's grace we're pregnant, so you soon will be great grandma. <laughs> and, um, We praise the Lord for you for, without knowing us beforehand, praying for us, planning and providing for us. You didn't know us. You didn't know this funny face. But you loved us beforehand. So, thank you. Keep doing it. Help us to do it with others. Maybe they don't speak English. (laughs) Um, Maybe. May they don't be, they are not here around us, but they need the gospel. They need Jesus. And we want to send, as you sent out many before us, and we also want to that Jesus will be glorified for those among, right now Jesus is not even mentioned. So keep doing the good work and help us to do it alongside with you. I have the privilege, I have the privilege to serve in the North American Mission Board to help churches to plant Hispanic churches, to revitalize churches, to replant churches. My area of responsibility is from the Potomac River to the Niagara Falls, <laughs> and my my. my focus is in Hispanic Baptist churches, but I have the privilege to serve them all in the name of Jesus, whoever they are, wherever they are. Uh, in the Northeast, uh, I'm your guy. I'm not telling you this so you can know me and, and, and give me an applause, so you can know my pedigree. I'm telling you this so you can know how needy I am of your prayers. <laughs> so sometimes it's challenging. It's challenging saddening the state of the church, the Hispanic church in America. It's distracted. It's entertained. But it's at the same time, it's a privilege that we could help churches, faithful churches, to bring back Jesus to the preaching, back the Bible to the pulpit. And what we want to do is do it well in preaching the gospel in every sermon. And, and, and having the expository preaching in is as a norm in every church. That's, that's my interest in serving churches in the Northeast. And really, all over the all over the country, all over North America. And so, if you know a guy who wants to plant a church, or if you know a guy who know a guy who knows a guy who wants to plant a church, or help to plant a church, let us know. We're happy to help. Happy to help, in, in the name of Jesus. So, uh, that's me. My beautiful personal Miss Universe is with me. <laughs> um, Marie B is her name, and we're glad to be with you here. You, we consider you as a family. You're, you're our grandma church. <laughs> we, we feel here like in the grandma house. You know, you know what that means. So mom and dad rules don't, don't apply here. <laughs> um, we feel welcomed here. And we feel loved and welcomed here. So thank you for having us. And, and every time you go to D.C., uh, you have a house in our house. Uh, you, you, you have a heart, you have family there. If you need to call us, you don't need to text before calling. You have a phone, not a pager. So just call. I know, I know. <laughs> just call. We are brothers and sisters. So I came here to speak about Jesus, not about me, so open his word in the little letter of Third John. Come with me, open your Bible to Third John, the third letter of John, which should be called First Gaius, <laughs> because it's a letter that John wrote in his final years to his dear friend Gaius. The first letter was written to the church. Actually, the second one was written to a family. And the third letter was written to a friend named Gaius. And this, this is a very friendly kind of letter. This is an email that John sent. It's very short, so we're going to read it, the whole thing. But we're going to focus on only verses 5 to 8. But I want you to have the contrast the const, contrast, that John is doing between Gaius and Diotrophus. So do this, don't do this. And I want you to, to grasp the filling of John in, and this is the name of the sermon, all for the sake of the name. All for the sake of the name. Let's read it. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, For they have gone out of the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he's doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. What a wonderful letter, right? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to read your word. Thank you for considering our time, our culture, and thank you for showing us the worthiness of Christ, that He is worthy of all we are, we have, we do. We pray, Father, that this hour, your name will be glorified as you deserve Sinners will be confronted with their sin. Believers are going to be strengthened in their faith. And all of us will know you a little bit more, love you a little bit more, and go out of here trusting and treasuring you a little bit more. We pray that your name will be hallowed. And we receive blessings from you, that you print in our hearts many blessings from you. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we see in this letter, we see that John the Apostle commends Gaius' support toward some brothers he calls strangers. We're going to see that in a little. Strangers. Some are missionaries. We don't know how many. We don't know how long they stay, how many times they have come and go. Uh, but we see that Gaius received them welcomed in his house because hospitality was a thing back there when no hotels were around. So John is, the post- John is commending Gaius' support toward those brothers, strangers. These strangers reported back to John as they were sent out by Gaius in verse 6. And in verse 7, these brothers were funded, helped, supported, only by churches, by brothers and sisters, accepting nothing from the pagans, pagans, the heathen, the Gentiles. Only they were funded only by brothers and sisters in verse 7. And they left out behind everything because of the name, the sake of the name. Consequently, in verse 8, we should support them people like them, people like strangers, to join God's kingdom activity in verse 8. So this is a very simple reminder, not to guilt you, but to remind you to keep doing the good work. I was amazed of how many people you have sent out. Not get rid of, but sent out. And I, I came here not only to thank you, but also to encourage you. I don't want to guilt you. I want you to encourage to keep doing the good work. And maybe encouraging some that are willing or capable to go, but they're not willing to go yet. Um, We came here in 2016, my wife and I, my kids and I, and Nathan and Joy, the pastor of Restoration Church, they, were, they, they kept asking me, hey, "Are you sure you want to come here to Columbia Heights? Are you sure you?" Yes. And are you? Uh, the Ten minutes after, "Are you sure you want to come here?" Yes. Why not? And then half an hour after, "Are you sure you want to come here?" Come on, man! I already told you yes. And then I googled the Columbia Heights community. The highest rate. In the DMV area is that little place. is a red zone. Crime, homicides, drug dealers. Everything, every sin is practiced in there. And I realized, oh, that's why. But we prayed, and the Lord opened the door, and we realized that there is no better place to share the gospel where Darkness reign. God doesn't need me. God doesn't need you. But if he calls you, don't harden your heart. He will take care of you. He will do it through you and despite of you. He will do it. He will do it. So can you imagine how many people were before you, before, 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 like 200 years ago, so you you could be Lifting your hands here? How many crosses of the ripple effect of the providence of God have to happen for you are a believer now? Your great-great-great-grandma got in love with your great-great-great-great-grandpa, and they had children, and those children had children, and now you're here, nice and fine, clapping, smiling, and praising the Lord. But some people left behind everything they had for the sake of the name. What are we leaving behind for the sake of the name? You don't have to leave everything behind you, my family, my wife, everything, every, every good gift. You don't have to leave everything out behind so, to serve Christ. No, I'm, I'm not asking you to do that. The Lord is not asking you to do that. The Bible, the Scripture, John is not asking you to leave everything behind. But are you willing to love Jesus above everything else and above everyone else? Are you willing to, to sell everything you have in order to buy the field where the hidden treasure treasure is, to buy the great pearl, the pearl, the pearl of great price? Are you willing to lose everything for Christ and consider everything like trash? for the sake of Christ. This is the command that John is commending Gaius. We have four points, really quick. If you're taking notes, you're gonna see the critical importance of a leader encouragement in verse five. Repeat, the critical importance of a leader encouragement. Number two, the careful support for missionaries. The careful support for missionaries. Number three, the comprehensive worthiness of the name. We're going to see whose name is that. The comprehensive worthiness of the name in verse 7. And number 4, you're going to see the costly cost of the truth. The costly cost of the truth in verse 8. So John is speaking about the truth here seven times in the whole letter is um, mentioned the truth, the truth, the truth. And, and, and it's important to know that this is all for the sake of the Name. All for the sake of the name. So let's go to the critical importance of a leader encouragement. So you, you can see here in verse 5 that John is commending Gaius for receiving some strangers. And when was the last time you were encouraged for a leader? When was the last time you received encouragement from a leader? Somebody who told you, hey, Amen, you're doing a good job, keep doing it. Hey, thank you for doing this, man. Nobody else is going to do it better than you. Amen. thank you for being so passionate about doing what you do. Or maybe not receiving. When was the last time you gave encouragement to somebody else? It's not only from the leaders that encouragement needs to happen. It's it's between all of us. It's within the church. Worldly organizations are not going to give us five reviews. They're not going to invite unbelievers to come to our church. It's between you. When was the last time you gave encouragement to others? Maybe something simple, like taking care of our kids, serving a coffee, cleaning the toilet, organizing the papers, sending emails, little stuff, millions of stuff that happened Monday to Sunday within the church. When was the last time you told somebody, thank you for what you do. Thank you for showing me the character of Christ in you. Thank you for singing that song when I do know what's happening in your life right now. I read from your lips that you were praising Jesus for his provision even amidst your scarcity. Thank you for edifying my life with the word. When was the last time you did it? Not only receiving is good, but Jesus said that giving is better than receiving. Get ready with a word after the service. Text somebody. Thank you for what you do. Simple thing. You can share verse 4. Verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I challenge you to do it. very simple thing to do it. When was the last time you did it? You know what? If you do it, nobody in the church is gonna lack receiving. Second, the careful support of missionaries. Verse six is telling us that Gaius is receiving brothers. He's doing exactly the opposite that in in the previous letter in verse uh, eleven. I think John is forbidden to receive the wicked ones, the deceivers. In verse um, 2 John 11, he says, whoever greets him takes part in wicked works. But no, we don't have to do the wicked works. We have to do the good works. And Gaius is doing the good work of receiving them, equipping them, and sending them out in a manner worthy of God. What is a, what is a, what is a worthy manner of, of God? Well... It's something you do like you're doing it to Jesus. Exactly. It's as simple as that. It's as worthy as Jesus. It's as worthy. It's a manner as worthy as of Jesus. You're doing it not because he needs it, because you're worshiping Jesus, doing it for others. We're going to see that in Matthew 25 in a moment. So Gaius is taking care of the missionaries. And they, the missionaries, went back to John and reported that Gaius is a good guy. But these were strangers. This word, genos, is translated sometimes as foreigners. Um, people not from here. And sometimes it's uh, translated as weird, strange. Uh, I'll go with the scholars who are teaching us that they are from another nationality, another place, foreigners, because of the context. And Gaius is receiving them, even though they are strangers. It's like um, what you do with people that don't speak English, or they're not from here. Like, for example, Asians, Africans, Hispanics. Hispanics are strange people. They point with the mouth. They say, where is the bathroom? It's, it's in there. <laughs> Where's Luis? Mm, it's right there. <laughs> they, they, they play football with the feet. And with a round ball, actually. And they call it football. <laughs> they eat tortillas, tacos. And, well, you know that. They use centimeters and kilometers. What is that? It's strange people, but they have a belly button. (laughs) They have red blood. They have a soul. They sing our same songs. That beautiful song to say, because he lives, I can praise tomorrow. I don't fear tomorrow. It's, porque él vive, no temo el mañana, porque él vive, seguro estoy. Porque yo sé, yo sé que el futuro es suyo y que la vida vale porque él vive Same thing, right? So do you think Hispanics need the same gospel that we do? They need it. Who's going who's gonna to plant a church amongst Hispanics, amongst Asians, Japanese, Chinese, Africans? They need the gospel. They need the same Jesus Was willing to hear them in another language. So they're strange people. And we ought to support missionaries to be sent out where they are. So thank you for thinking on us while you didn't know us. Thank you for thinking on us, for praying, for supporting, for for giving us much of you, for sending out Restoration Church. They thought on us, even in their planting days. Thank you for for praying and keep doing it for the work that is going to happen in the future when you are not here, when you're gone. Thank you for giving. Thank you for going. Thank you for everything you do. And if you are not giving, you're not going, you're not praying, please do it. Because John is commending Gaius for what he was doing. So that's the, that's the thing he's calling us in verse 8. Hey, how can we be part of this? Well, we ought to support people like these. Strangers as they are. So we can maybe be fellows workers for the truth. We want to rejoice with you. We want to join you in what you're doing. Isn't that good? Number three. The comprehensive worthiness of the name. What name? So this says, this says number seven, that these strange people, these missionaries, w- went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the pagans, the heathen, the Gentiles. And they went out Missions to preach the gospel, to plant a church, to revitalize a church, to visit churches, to preach in the streets, on the streets, whatever. We don't know much about them, but we're receiving the letter that John sent to Gaius, probably from the hand of John through Demetrius. And now we're seeing that churches were helping each other to plant another churches. And this is amazing because back then we didn't have missionary agencies. We didn't, we didn't have the IMB back then. We didn't have the North American Mission Board, the Send Network, or other networks or organizations that are helping us, funding us to plant churches. So they were supported only by brothers and sisters in every single church they visited. Gaius was one of them. Now, they went out for the sake of the name. Whose name is that? This is a phrase that used to be very common in the apostles' language. Come with me to Acts 5. You remember what Peter and John were teaching about the name, and they were put in jail, and the council took them to the jail, put them in jail. And in Acts 5, you can read that they were put in jail, in Acts 5.41, you can read, where's Acts 5.45? I'm lacking one page. <laughs> Here we go. 45, uh, Acts 5.41 says, Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They, they, they were not congratulated. They, they were not clapped. They were almost stoned, put in jail, and they were suffering for the sake of the name. Whose name? That's the name above all names. That's the only name that is worthy to be mentioned in the heaven's door. That's the only name we call enter the heaven with his ID. It's like in companies, you open the door with with an ID, with a beep. Use your ID to open the office door. If if you're not allowed to open that door, the beeper sounds like, ah. If you go to heaven with your ID, the heaven's door is going to sound, (laughs) ah. (laughs) Sinner. If you go with my ID... It's gonna even louder. Ah! <laughs> because you're not worth it. But the name of Jesus is so worthy that He gave us His ID to open heaven's door. In his substitutionary dead, He died for those who believe in Him, to trust Him. He died to give us His ID and rose again from the dead. To validate his ID, to give you, to give you his ID, so when you get to heaven with his ID, it sounds beep, and the heaven's door open, so you can enter. Isn't that amazing? So every time your beep sounds beep, remind of the gospel. Be reminded of the gospel. You you can enter heaven. <clears throat> you can enter heaven, because Jesus gave his ID to you. Because your ID doesn't work that there. But whose name is that? Jesus' name. As the song, the hymn says, There have been names that I have loved to hear, but never has there been a name so dear. To his heart of mine, as the name divine, the precious, precious name of Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same as his holy name. And that's the reason why I love him so Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Do you know Jesus? Do you have his idea to enter heaven? Are you sure you're going to heaven? If you're not sure, you need Jesus. So repent of your sin. Leave everything behind. Because nothing No one in this world, this side of heaven, is as worthy as Jesus. You need His ID. You need Him. He's the higher cost you will ever invest your life in. Guys here, kids, college students, don't waste your life. If you want your life count, come to Jesus. Give your best years to Him. Invest your life in Him. The higher cost you will ever live for is the cost of Jesus. And somebody else will say, Why is that high, that cost? Because no other name is even worthy to be mentioned before the throne in heaven. Will you be willing to leave behind everything for the sake of that sweetest name? Will you be willing? Will you be willing to leave behind your sin? which could be satisfying for five minutes for the sake of the name that is satisfying eternally in heaven. And while we get ready, we can enjoy the happiness, the joy, and the overall satisfaction of following Jesus this side of heaven. And when we get there, oh my goodness, when we get there, we're going to hug him in an eternal hug. We're going to be with him forever. And we're going to be amazed with an open mouth. Wow! For His glory is a splendor. Because His worthiness is not only comprehensive. It's amazing. And that's why these stranger guys, these missionaries, and all who are working for the sake of Christ in this earth are willing to give away everything they have. Are willing to abandon stuff, material stuff, possessions, because the name is so worthy. It's so worthy that he will give us not only more, but the best of him. Lastly, number four, the costly cause of the truth. Missions are costly. I mean, very costly. Um, This cause is designed to be done by people who do sacrifices. Um, I'm normally don't speak about me in my church, uh, but this is not my church, so I can't speak about me. (laughs) So we came here in 2016, and I I was 40 years old. So you can imagine here, coming here, being 40 years old, with not a single penny in your social security security. I don't have savings, but I have a savior. We don't own a house. Actually, we live in the community we're planting the church, expensive as nothing. I could tell you later how much I'm paying for the rent a month. But we're doing it to be in the proximity levels of the people we serve in. They, all, most, of the, most of them come from out of, of the district to church, to our building. We live in there. And we sacrifice our luxuries. We sacrifice our comfort. We sacrifice our belongings. We don't have much. But that's worthy to live and minister the people you are planting the church for, serving them. You're sacrificing a lot. But Jesus is worth it. Many have gone and let, they, don't, they don't have to sell everything they have to give it to the church. No, don't do that. Jesus is not asking you that. But I'm telling you that God owns not only your 10%. God owns your 100%. All you have, you don't, you, you don't need to earn God's favor with your 10%. God is giving you a lot because He loves you a lot. So... How about your offering for missions? How about your time, administration, management? How about your screen time during the week? Are you managing well the resources that God is allowing you to to administer? I'm not trying to guilt you, but if you have something to repent of, this is a good day. (laughs) And I'm telling you, this cost is costly. But the good part is you don't have to do it personally going by yourself, because somebody else could go and you could provide, you could pray, or you could help somebody else to do it, because you're not able, for many reasons, to do it by yourself. That's why John is commending Gaius in the church, by extension, and he's telling, therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be also fellow workers for the truth. The truth. The truth is a way. It's a person. The truth is the cause of Christians in the world. Are you walking in the truth? Are you believing in the truth? The truth of Jesus? Not your truth, God's truth. Are you willing to consider all you have, all you are, all you do for the sake of the name? What are you doing what for what he is entrusting you right now. I don't have much, you can say. I don't have much. But you have breath in your lungs. You have the gospel. You have faith. You have encouragement. You have a lot. Beside money, you have a lot. Can you share with somebody else? With the discouraged, with the depressed, with the anxious? With the unbelievers, with those who don't have the same hope you have, would you be willing to share with them the wonderful news of the gospel, wonderful news of Jesus? And we do this not because we are good people or we want to be recognized and we want to appear in the top five given statement of whatever organization. Church doesn't do that. No, we don't do that for that. We do that because Jesus did it for us. He became a stranger. He was comfortable in heaven, in his throne, being worshipped by angels forever. But he saw us in our state, hopeless, defenseless. Our state was miserable without him and he wanted to come here and became a stranger. How do we know he became a stranger? Come with me. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, we read that uh, famous passage of the final judgment. And in that verse, we're gonna go, I think 31. Matthew 25. We'll go with the 34, 35. So then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you for the, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. And I was naked, and you clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came to me. And then, let's go to uh, 44. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, or in prison, and they would not minister to you? And then he will answer to them, Truly I say to you, As you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. So Jesus became a stranger. And some people received him, and some people did not receive him. Have you welcomed Jesus? Not into your heart. Jesus is not begging you. Jesus is a king. Have you realized The need of Him you have. That you're not going to be able to be satisfied and complete this side of heaven. In this world, without the maker of this world. Have you realized that without Him you are helpless? incapable to save yourself. Have you welcomed Jesus? Finished work in the cross on your behalf? Have you received freely His grace, His mercy, His ID? Have you repented of your sins? Many sins. Have you repented and have you asked Him help? Not to be a stranger one day in front of Him, but you want to be welcomed by Him one day. Have you trusted Him with your faith, with your all? Have you received His freely given gift of grace? So I'm telling you that He is worthy. He is worthy, and He is worthy that all I am, that you are, that all we have, and all we do. If you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're a teacher, if you're an engineer, or you're whatever profession you are, He's worthy that you represent Him well in the community. He's worthy that you are a missionary in your place, in your house, in your neighborhood. Are you willing to give everything for the sake of the name? Use everything for the sake of the name? Is what, is you, are you willing to use what you have, what you are, what you do for the sake of the all-worthy name of Jesus? I hope you do. Because he's worthy. And I hope that you keep doing the good work. Equipping the saints. That you are knowing the critical importance of a leader encouragement, but also that you are knowing the careful support of missionaries as you are doing it for years and years, that you worship Jesus because of the comprehensive worthiness of His name, and also know and be encouraged of the costly cost of the truth, the higher cost that the world will ever know, the cost of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And maybe doing so, may the Lord bless you, provide you, and give you as much as He has and you need. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving the best of heaven for these strangers. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming a stranger and minister salvation and sanctification to us. Thank you for seeing us hopeless, defendless, and thank you for coming here and helping us in our state, miserable state, and also thank you for giving us a hope, a meaning, a message. We pray, Father, that this message will be preached in many parts. We pray that the name of Jesus will also be treasured and trusted. Whatever right now is not even mentioned, we pray, Father, that some of us will go, the rest will pray and provide. And we pray that if some others are going and some others are providing, planning, praying, we can join your kingdom activity wherever you are using your servants to deploy them to share the gospel with those that are going to believe. Father, we pray that the comprehensive worthiness of the name of Jesus will be the higher cost that we will invest our lives on. We pray that many here will feel the call to, to be used by you and through you to take the gospel even further away that we can see we couldn't even imagine. We pray, Father, that doing this, none of us will, will receive an applause And we will receive a statement of congratulations, but not unto us, Father, but to your name be given all the glory. In whose name we pray, the name of Jesus, the sweetest name we know. Amen. May the Lord bless you, brothers and sisters.